welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Awesome. Well, I don't think I've ever had the pulpit on this angle. <laughs> Crises adverted. Kia ora, church. How are you doing this morning? Good. That's right. I said kia ora. The whitest guy there is, but that is okay. I will tan one day. Hey, it's really cool to be speaking um, here. This is actually the first time I've ever preached in this church as an assistant pastor. <laughs> and um, yeah, hopefully I'm still an assistant pastor at the end of the message, so we'll just see how we go. Glenn asked me to teach, and so I was like, he's like, I want you to teach, don't preach, I want you to teach. Remember, say it with me, like, teach, don't preach. So I had this great teaching word in my head, sat down, wrote the word, looked at the word, called Glenn up, said, hey, so I'll be preaching on Sunday. And he was like, oh. So we're going to have some fun this morning. And uh, I just want to just, we're doing a series at the moment called Stronger, um, because we just really have the sense as a team that God is wanting to make us stronger so that we can carry and accomplish what it is that He set out before us. I, um, I, I actually, for, for myself, have spent the last sort of four to six years really wanting to grow my emotional and mental well-being and to increase my capacity. It's been something I've been really um, intentional on. I just want to increase capacity, increase capacity. Every time there's a challenge, every time there's an obstacle, I've been like, all right, God, increase my capacity, because I had this sense in me that if I could continue to grow my capacity, then I could do more for him, until one day, a few weeks ago, he spoke to me and said, hey, do you know that your capacity, its first purpose isn't so you can achieve things, your capacity is to be increased so that you can carry more of my presence, and we look at our things in life, we go, oh, we've got to try and keep our balances in place, and we really do need to do those things. But I want to tell you this morning, your capacity isn't to always have space. Your capacity is to always be full, not with work to do, but to be filled with His presence. So I just want to get into this this morning, because today we are talking about stronger, and I love what Jack brought. He didn't know what I was bringing today, but I'm sharing on the fact that the Holy Spirit makes you stronger. Holy Spirit makes you stronger. Last week, Glenn shared about carrying the heart of Christ and, and, and having that sense of compassion, which means to share in the common suffering of Christ for the hurting, the broken, and the lost. And he was teaching, and it was really interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen someone teaching just Straight teaching, but holding back the tears while they were teaching. And it was this, this interesting thing of Glenn just letting loose his heart of the heart of Christ. You know, Paul, all throughout the Bible, says there's glory in suffering. There's glory in suffering. I've always thought this doesn't really fit my Pentecostal um, framework of going glory to glory. How can I go from glory to glory if there's glory in suffering? That's a step back. Um, and, you know, this is just like, no, I just want, just let's just go that way of prosperity. And there's glory in suffering. What is this? And it really just clicked in place for me, that sense that, I mean, God's got a real heart for His community, you know, and Christ's heart that no one should be lost isn't just something written down on a piece of paper, it's a cry of His heart. It's my heart that everyone would come to the Father. It's my heart that no one would be lost. And Glenn had this picture where um, God showed him um, a silhouette of people, 
and, and instantly realized that this is the people of the Waimak area. This is North Canterbury. And he felt like God said to him, and you know, when, when God gives a word to a senior pastor, it's generally for the church by default saying, will you go for the faceless and the nameless ones? Will you go for the broken, the hurting, and the lost? Basically, will you be my hands and feet? And as our whole sense of God, break a half of what breaks yours. Let us be real with the life that we're living for you. And I love that because it came um, after about a, a year later after Glenn got a word um, at our New Life National Conference where God showed him a picture of, of leading a church in our community that would influence and impact the lives of 10,000 people for Christ. And I look at that and there's a youth pastor had I pop on and go, man, that means to comparison-wise for a healthy church, we need to have a youth group of about 2,500. Like, that would be amazing. That would be everybody in our high schools knowing that Jesus has a plan and a purpose for their life, that He died for them and He's restoring them and He's got healing for them. I'm like, man, that is incredible. And then a few weeks ago, we had Kevin Forlong here as, as um, one of our leaders was sharing this morning, saying that, you know, God's got a plan for our community. And in this plan, He wants to raise up a church that's going to be an influence into the community, be a lighthouse of His love. And the ball is currently at the feet of Thrive. And he wants to build a church of significance. And he's saying to us as a church, hey, will you pick up the ball and run with it? Because I really need to see this done. So you can do it. If you don't want to, that's okay. I will raise someone who will. And so as we're going into this, this season, um, I just begin to look at this thing going, God, what is it that you're asking of me? Like if the ball is at our feet, that's just as individuals. So God, the ball's at my feet. And I look at the ball and I'm like, well, how big is this ball? How heavy is this ball? God, what would it look like if I picked this ball up? What would it look like if I began to run with it? How am I going to do this? I don't want to pick up the wrong ball. What if I picked up a golf ball and it was meant to be a basketball? God, please be more specific with your words. This is like, like a little bit ambiguous, God. And so I just felt Holy Spirit say, look, just follow me. Like, just follow me. One step after the other, the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. So just follow me. I have this sense that it's important for us as a church to grow, not so that we would look at ourselves and feel important in our own eyes, but because we're established and we're rooted in love, we can't help but grow because our roots are going down into the revelation of Christ, of who He is. We can't help but grow. And as we are growing in that process, Holy Spirit will make us stronger. Tim, could you bring up my props today? I have props and that will make it a little bit like I'm teaching. And I've got PowerPoint. So, whoa, hold on, let's go. I wanna, I wanna speak out of a text today and I'm gonna jump around a little bit. If you've got your Bibles, open them up. If you've just got eyes, look at the big screen. And we're gonna start off with Matthew 28. So Jesus has died, he's come back to life. He's got 11 disciples with him. He used to have 12, one of them had a bad day. And it just, you know, it just like, whoa, went downhill. And so he's got 11 left and that's the reality. So he's got 11 disciples with him to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I love a quote by Bill Johnson this week. If Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth, that means Satan has none. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We did that last week. That's cool. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. It's for me. 
Awesome. You know, I, I think the idea of being a part of a ten, church of 10,000 or a church that's impacting 10,000 seems a little bit ludicrous in my current vision state. It seems like it's something that is out of reach. It's like it could be over there, but it's like if I did like, I'm still like a decent, I don't know, a couple miles short. I've got like three feet here and I'm just short like a couple thousand. And I look at that and go, man, this is just for a community. God's calling us to disciple entire nations. And sometimes we look at our own lives and go, man, I don't even feel like I'm leading myself, um, let alone leading my neighbor, let alone leading my community, let alone leading a nation and nations. And so how, how are we going to do this? And, and it's that whole sense of the Holy Spirit is the one who does it through us. It's the Holy Spirit who does it. See, there's this thing in Him when we look at things and it is just beyond our reach and we're stretching out towards it and He's calling us to do things. And I have a few things I want to read out because this is what I found with the Holy Spirit, with His presence. When I'm living in sort of relationship with Him, there's a confidence and a calling that defies logic. Not only that, it rages war against reason and it ignores nearly all common sense. It places a demand upon our faith to be more than our dream. Our faith has to begin to become a tangible reality because it's meant to be alive and powerful. So I believe that God's purposes, the purposes and plans that He has for our church and that He has for you, for your families, your neighborhood, your neighbors, your grandparents, all of those things has purposes beyond in their very nature because of how big He is, because of how creative He is, because of how generous He is, they all exist beyond our reach. They're all outside of our grasp. The Bible says that a man's grasp exceeds his reach. You can reach to this but you can't grab it. And so there's this whole thing is even if you can reach it, you actually can't take a hold of it. You even then have to extend your reach even further so you can take a hold of what he has. So it's like there and then it's there further again. It's like, God, this is really challenging and moderately unhelpful. (laughs) But the thing about the Holy Spirit, he's like, wow, do you know what? That's kind of a little bit your issue because you just need to step into me and into my comfort. See, I love the fact that the Holy Spirit's known as a lot of things, but one of the majorities of them, He's known as a comforter. And He's known as a comforter because He knows that we're going to need comfort because He knows that we need to live outside of our comfort zone. I love this. When we we were talking about the presence of God, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven. I love this. In 1 Corinthians, it says, God's way is not a matter of mere talk and it's empowered life. It's an empowered life. The whole thing with living with God isn't meant to be just something that I do when I tick the box and I know how to say the right words. It's meant to be something that you can look at as a stranger on the outside and just see the tangible power, the result, the fruit of somebody who is living life with the Holy Spirit, who's continuing to reach out, believing that God is going to strengthen their reach to take a hold of what Christ has taken a hold of them for. The first point I want to make to you this morning is the Holy Spirit makes your faith stronger. See, He he makes our faith stronger. And I love it. The faith that we have, it is good. It is a good faith. It's a gift from God. So there's nothing inadequate with it. I like that Jesus talks about it sometimes as being like faith the size of a mustard seed could throw a mountain into the sea. 
I love it when I've got these seedlings at home and some of them are doing really well because I've watered them and some of them I've forgotten and they haven't done well. Some of them are doing okay and some of them have had, I've planted and chickens have attacked them. And there's this whole diversity of life, the struggle of the seedling. What a valuable lesson. They're not my chickens, they're my neighbor's chickens. He has a couple chickens. The irony, I once had... 30 to 40 animals, poultry, who did the exact same thing to my neighbor at a much larger scale. So, good grief. So you got this seed, and in this seed is all the DNA and the potential of life to explode and to grow into this incredible thing. And what the Holy Spirit does is He wants to nurture our seed. He wants to nurture our faith. And we have this expectation that, well, we want to just do it and to be successful straight away. But it's like, no, I want to nurture it. I want to grow it. I want to do these different things with you. And so he does this by strengthening us. I feel a little bit trapped here. It's lighter than that one. So I could have done this one and that would have actually made me a little bit stronger, lifting the table. Tim lifted it so effortlessly. He's such a good guy. There's this this thing, you know, when you're going through life, and I don't believe that God sends bad things our way. I don't believe that He does that. I also don't believe that He's scared of the bad things. I don't think that He looks at us and goes, oh, they've got a challenge. What are we going to do? How will we divert the challenge so they're not aware of the challenge? He goes, man, we're going to make them strong. The other day, my brother and I, we built a gym in his garage, and he wants me to come over and work out. I'm just like a little bit reluctant. I built the gym. Putting the gym together felt really hard. Now, I don't know if I even want to use the gym. It's it's a struggle, but I know that if I begin to lift the weights, I begin to feel the resistance, begin to feel the pressure, eventually it's going to become easy, and then I can add more weights, and I can get stronger, and one day I can look like him. He's a specimen. It's amazing. And so, you know, I've got this sense, you know, I could do this. And we have the same thing with our relationship with God and the call of God in our life. And we have this potential, this faith that is in us. And what happens here is that natural weight of pressure of life, pressure of the world, pressure of the spiritual realms, the demonic. And we get this weight on us. And we're just like, oh man, I'm under this weight. And we have a choice in this moment. Do we allow our expectations and our visions and our dreams and our faith in God to be conformed to the weight and go, you know what? We'll be like everybody else and we'll live under this glass ceiling or are we going to rise up in faith, placing an expectation on the supernatural to shift our circumstances and do something tangible for the kingdom? And so I've got this right here because what I feel happens is this rhubarb plant, rhubarb is glorious. My wife hates it, so I bought one today because she wasn't there. We've got this rhubarb plant. This plant represents you. It is good. This stuff tastes good. This stuff needs healing. If you eat it, you'll die. Okay, so here we've got, this is us. And we've got our life and we're living a pretty good life. We've got a little bit of flourishing going on. We've got some really good potential. We've gone beyond the seed format of faith and we feel good about ourselves and we begin to look around at the opportunity of God that He has for us. We begin to go, God, would you strengthen me? Would you increase the expectation of my heart? Would you strengthen out the tent, you know, and, and put the tent pigs out? Give me more territory. God, would you give me a bigger vision? God, would you give me a heart for my community? And we begin to speak these prayers, going, God, I want to be used by you. God, I want to see sick people get healed. God, I want to see people set free from demons. I want to see marriages restored. God, would you use me? Would you use me? I want to be used, God. I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want my life to matter more than just my own life. And I talked to Rihanna about this 
all the time. Like, you know, honey, we could just live our life. We could be debt-free by 55. Our kids will have nice marriages. We could then retire at 60, 65, and we'll have a nice, comfortable life. And it's so predictable. I want to have something that's extreme. When I look back at the end of my days, I go, that was only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, would you use me? And so then this is what God does. He goes, wow, you know what? I will use you. I'm going to do something incredible with you. I'm going to begin to increase the potential around your life. I'm going to give you more room to grow. You've got a good life going on, but it's restricting you. You've got some good things, but you've got too much comfort going on. I want to take you from where you are. I want to increase influence, power, opportunity, anointing and mental. I want to take you from your current life and I want to transplant you into bigger opportunity. And we're like, this is awesome. So he does this. And we go, oh my gosh, what is happening to me? I feel so exposed. God, this is awful. I feel so vulnerable. Holy Spirit, what is going on? I just feel like I've got all these insecurities that I thought that I dealt with and they're coming back. I feel like I've lost some of my financial security. I don't know where I fit in the current social status. It's like you're redefining who I am. I don't know where I fit anymore. God, are you even with me? What's going on? How did this happen? And God's like, would you relax? You're in my hands. You're like, but I feel so exposed. No, no, I'm holding you. And he begins to take our insecurity and exchange it for confidence. He begins to take our rejection and exchange it for belonging. He begins to take our fear and trade it for love. And what's happening, he's taking parts of his DNA, making exchanges with ours, and we're having a supernatural transplant. Oh, wordplay, genius. And so what he does is he begins to move us and place us in an environment where we could begin to Thrive, double word play, 10 points, winning at life. See, God wants to take us. He wants to make us emotionally whole. He wants to make us strong. He wants to increase our opportunity to be able to do things with Him. But what happens is in that moment of comfort to the moment of promise, we would go through the process and the process lives outside of our comfort zone. I want to encourage you with this thought. Don't be afraid in unexpected change. You may simply be in the process of a transplant. You might simply be right in the palm of his hand and everything could look like it's upside down, but you may in fact be right in the middle of his process receiving a transplant. See, God's way of our life isn't a matter of mere talk or empty promises. It's an empowered life. And I want to say, how could we take a hold of what He has for us if we won't allow our reach to be extended through the power of the Holy Spirit, if we won't allow Him to grow us? I got a phone call from uh, Glenn Fraser the other day. And he was saying, you know, I need you to come around with some of the staff around to our home because it's just we just feel like our family is under a bit of spiritual attack. We've had sickness in our house for weeks some of our kids have been off school for a week or more and we just have just like, we just, we're praying and doing these things. We just can't see it shift. We don't know what's happening. Like, is this, Satan's just robbing us. Like, let's just come together and let's just smash him in the face. He had pastoral words. I've just translated. 
And so I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do some fun stuff. So Jack and I came in here and we thought, well, let's start with seeing what God is saying over the kids. Let's get a sense of the prophetic, of their destiny and their purpose and His plan. Let's, let's go into a situation with words of authority and power because the kingdom of heaven isn't simply words. It's an empowered lifestyle. So we got together and we prayed and we got prophetic words for the kids and we went in and we sat down with all the kids and we said, hey, this is what we feel God is saying over your life. This is His plan for you, some of your life. This is some of the power that He's got for you. This is some of the dreams and the vision. And we just spoke words of life into the atmosphere and then we sat down together and we took communion and we remembered that all authority and all power in heaven and earth belongs to Jesus and Satan has none. Later on, I heard from Glenn that that moment, things began to instantly change. Health began to improve, and within about 24 hours, everybody was well again, back off to school, doing their thing, and God just brought in a shift. See, we have sometimes, I believe, as Christians, a sense that we want to live our Christian life, and if we go through challenges, maybe that's a sign that we're not doing our Christian life well. I just wanted, like, that's not true. That's not a true thing. I mean... God's called us to an empowered life. He's called us to an empowered life. Why? Because He wants us to have power. We're called more than conquerors. Why? Because there are things for us as His sons and daughters to conquer. Holy Spirit, He's not afraid of challenges. Like He's simply not afraid. He doesn't look at the things in life and go, man, I totally didn't see that happening. How did that happen? I don't know. Did you, Jesus, did you know? I didn't know, God, did you know? Yeah, I knew, I just didn't tell you guys. It doesn't happen like that. He knows and He's not intimidated. He's not afraid. See, Holy Spirit, I believe, He's so determined to have us outside of our comfort zone at times growing in Him because He wants to introduce us to our faith. He actually wants to introduce us to the faith that He has for us. And I believe the faith, the natural habitat of faith is the wild. I so believe that the everyday just simplicity of life, there is an element of faith there for us. But to actually look like sons and daughters, the faith that He has for us lives in the wild. It doesn't live in the safety and the comfort and the security of our own lives that we just so nicely map out for us. And He wants to take us out of our comfort zone and introduce us to the power that He has for us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, if you feel like the faith that you have in God isn't as exciting as you'd like it to be, maybe go, Holy Spirit, would you take me on a journey and take me into some of the wild places where there is a demand on the Holy Spirit to come through because I don't have room for a plan B anymore. I'm out on the edge and God, I've just found this new sense of adventure in you. I believe that when faith and purposes collide, the result for His kingdom is explosive. That He has a purpose for us and when your faith collides with purpose, you get this incredible expression of freedom and breakthrough in your life and the lives around you. Kevin said this word that preparation and opportunity meet, that equals success. I like to say that faith and purpose collide, they're the same principle. When your faith and His purposes collide, it presents the opportunity for success. There's this really cool story of this guy in the Bible and nearly everything at one time or another was beyond his reach. It was just a matter of fact of everyday life for him. What would be normal to someone would be beyond his reach because he had a withered hand. And he, he, was, he had this hand and he was deformed and one day he came to a house of God and he saw Jesus standing there. 
And as he sees Jesus, everybody's looking at Jesus to see what he's going to do because it was a Sabbath and you know they thought it wouldn't be appropriate for him to extend God's grace, love and power on a Sunday, Saturday, and uh, see what would happen. It says in Matthew 12, Then Jesus said to the men, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. See, the, the guy who, who had this hand, he could have just gone, man, God, I just want you, to, I want you to heal my hand. I want you to restore my hand, but I don't want to have to go through the process of being stretched. I, I want to see the purposes and the promises that you have for me, but I don't want to go through a, a comfort zone transition. I don't want to have to go into the wild to, to really meet some more of the faith that I have. I just, I don't want to be in a place where I'm fully reliant on you. I don't want to be stretched. But Jesus said to him, stretch out your hand, stretch out. I just, I have this sense over my life and for the lives of us of the church that there is so much satisfaction and fruit to be gained by allowing the Holy Spirit and inviting us to take us through seasons of being stretched. That in that sense of lifting that weight and just feeling it, the heaviness of it, but knowing that God, you have empowered me to live a victorious life. Holy Spirit, I know that I know you will make me stronger, that as I stretch, you're going to release your power and your anointing to things in my life that looked like they were deformed, to things that looked like they weren't enough, the gifts in me that looked like they didn't had what it took, the things, the resources around me that looked inadequate, that as I begin to stretch out on your instruction, that you're going to release your supernatural that will create a cause and effect where the natural will begin to line up with the Word of God as I stretch out in you. So for Rihanna and I, we're, we're right in the middle of this, right smack in the middle. And, and we're just going, God, we just, we don't want to settle. I just, I don't want to settle. I don't want to rest where I am and just settle down when I know that there's so much more adventure to be had in you. There's so much more opportunity to be had. And, and life for us is, is really busy. At the moment, it's a little bit challenging for us to be able to find a night where we're both at home together, kind of like that moment where you're just like, whoa, ship's passing in the night. And so we're like, well, let's calendar in a date evening where we're going to sit down with the Holy Spirit and see what He's saying over us. And I just want you to know that I love this quote. It's one of the best quotes from the media. It's from Transformers. Sometimes you quote Proverbs. Sometimes you quote Transformers. Occasionally they line up. And it just goes like this. Destiny really calls upon us in a moment of our choosing. And, and if you want to live life based out of convenience, I believe that we'll live life, watching life pass us by, undiscovered opportunity after opportunity. It's not a matter of convenience of all of a sudden the, the planets lined up and it became easy for us as sons and daughters. There's a responsibility and a privilege that come with being God's sons and daughters to rule and to reign. It's not an effortless request to be a ruler and to reign. It takes purpose, it takes passion, it takes perseverance. That's why the fruit of the Spirit lists all these things sometimes that look like the tomatoes. They're not that attractive. They could have been oranges, but now there's like long suffering on the list. What is this. It's like a gherkin. Come on. But there is this core sense of Him developing and stretching us, and there's glory in that.
So we got together and we began to have a worship time. I just want to share this. And a lot of you will will have a relationship with God where you can do this on your own. I just want to share an example of what we've done so that if you're a little bit of a loss of how you could do some things with God, there's some practical things that this week, either with your spouse or by yourself um, or with your family, that you could set aside some time and go, God, what are you saying over us? If the ball of your purposes are at my feet, and you're going to order my footsteps. If the gifts that you've placed in me are going to make a way for me as your word promises, what is it in this season that you want me to be doing? What are you requiring of me? And so this is what we did. We just set aside an evening. We put on some worship music and we worship. And we just worship not to um, so much try and convince God to be around us because He loves us and He's all around us, just so that we could tune in and become aware of His presence, the fact that He's moving. And then we got a list of our prophetic words because about a month ago we sat down together and we wrote out heaps of different prophetic words that have been spoken over us. And so we, we, we read out all these prophetic words so that we could remind ourselves that we're children under His promise. See, at the start I said, you know, the 11 disciples, they went to worship Jesus, but some of them still doubted. And, and in me, I still have doubts. I still look at the challenges and I'm like, God, are you really going to come through? A- a- am I really in your purposes? God, am I really like, I know it's not about being good enough because I'm justified by faith, but God, am I really good enough? you know, and all these things. And I need to remind my doubts who the Father is and what His reality is. I need to speak to my spirit and I need to, I need to stir my soul to the truth and the reality of what He is calling us into and begin to release bigness over the atmosphere. Because as you begin to declare prophetic words over yourself, what they do is they come in and they go, this pot is too small. And it begins to place an indignation inside yourself where you go, man, I'm, I'm actually not satisfied anymore with where I am. And this indignation or this dissatisfaction begins to cause you to alter your prayer life and to begin to look at other things going, God, would you call me to that? God, would you release me into these words? God, what do I need to do? And that desire and hunger and the confidence of who He is for you begins to drown out the little lying doubts that sometimes like to seed in around our lives. So we do that. And then we write down about four or five questions each on a piece of paper, pretty much the same ones. And we just sat opposite each other and didn't talk. And we just waited on the Holy Spirit to answer our questions. God, what is it that you're saying over us at this moment? God, what is it that you have for us? God, what is it that you want us to be doing? God, practically, what would that look like? And we just sit down and then at the end of, of you know, when you get to this space, you just kind of like, yeah, I'm actually kind of a little bit bored now. I feel like I've zoned out. Yeah, reality, um, you, be, you compare notes. And we look at our notes and we begin to see not everything, but a lot of the things matching up the same things. And one of them was, you're just not thinking big enough. You, your scope still isn't big enough for what I have for you. you your, your concept still isn't increased enough for you to actually receive what it is that I'm wanting to tell you. So now we have the opportunity to like rinse, cycle, and repeat. Go through the process again and in between going, God, would you increase my heart, increase my expectation? God, what would it look like? God, begin to release more ideas into me. God, how, like, let's increase my capacity, not so that I can do more, but so that I can carry more of you. I believe that God's got an awesome purpose for our community. And for each one of us, the Holy Spirit is going to make us stronger. 
He's going to make you stronger. And whether, you're, whether you feel like right now you've, you've, you're well and truly rooted in this capacity, I want to encourage you this morning, would you begin to go, God, have you got more for me? Have you got more? Have you got more? God, what would it look like? And, and let the love and, and the, not that sense of I, I should do this or the responsibility of, but the privilege of God, you've got adventure for me. If you're in this moment here when you're, you're just in the in-between and you're wondering, God, have I, like, have I stuffed this up? I feel so exposed. God, like, where are you in the picture? Where are you taking me? God, if, have I really let go of this capacity? Have I really surrendered all these different things to you that you're calling me to let go of? Am I kind of being pulled this way and some of my roots are just like, no, I won't leave my securities. And he's just going, like, let them go. Let them go. I had this picture um, a couple months ago where I had this picture of myself in this chariot and like the presence of God were like these horses. And I had these chains going back from me to these anchors. And on these anchors were written things that I had placed my confidence in rather than him, things that I had my security in. And they were slowing the chariot down. And as I surrendered one of them, the chain dislinked through forward onto the horses that represented the presence of God. And there was less resistance and more horsepower to pull me into what he had for me. And if you're in this space right now and you just feel like you've gone through that change, I want to encourage you, man, that's so awesome. There's another pot over here. Don't settle for too long. There's another pot. I'd just like you all to stand for me, please. We're going to have a, um, just a time of reflection this morning. I've asked these guys to, to just worship over us. Um, some of the lyrics from Oceans that I just had on repeat as I was just writing the message this week. And I just want to just invite you to have a moment with the Holy Spirit as you just begin to ask Him, God, what, are you, what is it that you have for me in this season? Holy Spirit, what are you saying over me? And we're going to do that in just a moment. But right now, as every eye is closed, just as I've been speaking, if you're here this morning and you don't have relationship with God, and you're here today and go, man, I need to start my journey. I, I need to give my life over to the one who died for me for my sins, who set me free, who's releasing heaven and love over my life. Just with every eye closed right now, if you're here this morning, you know that this morning's your morning where you're just going to step into all the good things that He has for you, I just want to encourage you, would you just raise your hand? Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you, God. Jesus, so good. It's so good. I just ask this, we're just going to pray this together. Just put your hand over your heart. We just pray for those who just want to meet you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that Jesus came and died for me. That your power rose him back to life. That there's full forgiveness for my life. Full love. Full empowerment. Full peace. And full joy. 
I give my life to you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome.